Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, the, we're doing a series that we started today, and the series is called Picture Perfect Family. The Picture Perfect Family. And we could have put, of course, we could have put the portrait of your family up there. We could have done that. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to start off with just a generic picture, and next week we'll have a, we will have a family picture up there, a portrait, and we'll have even uh, some of those people in that portrait talking to you. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that next week. But I just want to show a picture, and, and that's all you see, a picture. And you don't know anything about the people. Uh, you don't know what they're thinking, what, what's going through their mind. Uh, somebody on the camera says, smile, and everybody smiles and everything. And that's what usually happens. That's why it's called a perfect picture. And so we'll be talking about a perfect picture family. But we're going to go behind the scenes, and we're going to talk about really what's going on in the, the people in that picture, in that portrait. So that, that, that'll be next week as well as this week. This week we're going to lay a foundation for that picture-perfect family. Uh, so invite your friends and neighbors because we are going to be talking about the family. And the family is very important to God, very important to God. We are part of the family of God, and he wants his family to be perfect. So let's, uh, let's start off with just a scripture. A scripture that we're going to talk about is in Isaiah 40, uh, 43. Let's go there. Verse 7, the family, when we talk about the family today, we're going to start off with the adult children within the family. Because everyone, um, you know, you have a family a lot of times and, and you, have, um, you, you, have, you have children and you have small children. And then when the children grow up, they become, of course, uh, singles, and those singles now start looking for mates, and they'll start now getting married and starting a family of their own. We're going to start off this family series with our adult children who are single. Our adult children who are single. How many of you are singles in this congregation? Can you raise your hand for me? Okay, good. Okay. Okay, good, good. Okay. Why, why does somebody laugh? Why does did you raise your hand, Sam? <laughs> I was going to say, you would definitely get smacked, Brother Stella. Standing right behind you, boy. You may put on your Facebook page you're single, but you know you're not single, brother. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, verse 7 says that everyone who is called by my name, everyone who is called by my name, and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Now, that's important to us because a lot of times our adult children in our families, they really don't know their purpose. A lot of times they, now our, really our smaller children sometimes, Teenagers don't know their purpose. Sometimes we don't know our purpose, and even though we are married. But God 
If he's called you, he has called you with a holy calling. And God has said that he has created you for his glory. Simple, plain, we are created for the glory of God. Every single person is created for the glory of God, whether they know it or whether they don't know it. They are created for the glory of God. So as adults, singles, we do have a purpose. Now, this message is talking to everyone, even though I'm talking about our adult children who are singles. I'm talking to the married couples also because we are individuals even though we are married. Even though we are one in a marriage, we are still individual people. Uh, we are children of God. Every single person is a child of God if you're born again. Now, let's take that a little further. It's very important to know that we are all on a journey. We are all on a journey. And if you don't know you're on a journey, Satan can deceive you because you think that, especially if you're single, you think that, man, I'm just abiding my time. I, I, I need a mate. I don't have a, a, a mate yet. Where is, it? When is God, when, where's my mate? Is God going to bring me my mate? How long is it going to take for me to bring my mate? Man, I'm 50 years old. I still don't have a mate. What is God doing? I don't want to be single all my life. We can think we're in a holding pattern, but we're not. We're not in a holding pattern if you know that you are created for his glory and that he has a purpose for you and that you're on a journey. And you think, well, well, suppose I die without having fulfilled my purpose. Well, God says this, what we're going to be talking about today is that if you will do what he tells you to do, you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You'll hear that. And just because he said in Genesis uh, that he created male, female, he created them, uh, and he said he wants them to uh, have dominion, he wants them to replenish the earth, even though he made, uh, created man, even though he then built the woman, and they two became um, uh, one. Just because that happens to them doesn't mean that that's going to happen to you. We're not still under the mandate to replenish the earth, per se. I know that Jesus Christ, he came, he lived, and he died when he was single. Is that true? He was single. Did he fulfill his purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. So don't think because you are single, you can't fulfill your purpose if you are not married. That's not true. At all. And don't think you're a second-rate citizen, our single children who are adults, just because you're not married. And we can say, you know, God says, oh, it's good. It's not good for man to uh, uh, be alone. So he made him a helper suitable for him. So that, does that mean that because Jesus was alone, it was not good? No, it was good, wasn't it? It was good because it was God. For him at that time. Does it mean that, that the Apostle Paul, uh, he was uh, single so uh, all his life, so that, does that mean that he didn't fulfill his purpose? Does it mean that he was a second-rate citizen? Does that mean that he was an outcast? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
So we have to watch as a family of believers, we have to watch how we really talk to our adult children who are single, who will say, well, are you married yet? Man, my goodness gracious. That's something to ask somebody, isn't it? You know, did, did somebody asked Jesus, are you married yet? You're just too picky talking to Jesus. Come on. You can't tell Jesus, are you too picky? Come on. Because it wasn't for him to be married. So God has a purpose for every person in here. So I don't want any, any single thinking, regardless of how old you are, that you're a second-rate citizen, that you can't fulfill the purpose that God has for you in your destiny. I don't want you to feel that. Nor do I want you to feel like there's no hope for you. Wouldn't have been something that if, when we're all born, God told you, well, let me tell you something. You're never going to get married. Even though I said it's not good for man to be alone, you're going to be alone. And we're, you know, 13 years old. It's a man. That's something heavy to lay on somebody. Yeah. What hope do I have ever, you know, uh, I seem like I want to make. No, God doesn't tell us that. No, God just, um, he, fulfill, he, he expects for us to go about our business on our journey, fulfilling our purpose. That's what he, he wants us doing. So what can we say that we should be doing on this journey? What does God have for us on this journey? What can we do that we're gonna, we don't have to be uh, consumed with, man, let me get in a singles group. Let me get, in, you know, let me get on the Internet. Let me you know, uh, go over here. Let me go over there. Uh, let, me, let me go to this church. Let me go to that church. I've got to find this person that God has for me. How can we not be consumed with that? as a Christian. And that's what we're talking about now, as a Christian. By recognizing that we're on a journey, and that God has us on a journey, and he's going to fulfill that in our life if we do what we're supposed to do. Now let's see what that journey looks like. Let's go to Romans. Chapter 8. Let's go there. And in this journey that God has for us, And we use this verse a lot in verse 28. In Romans 8, verse 28. It's on the screen there. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We read that. We quote that, we memorize that, and we tell each other that. All things work together for good of those who love God. So I'm going through this circumstance right now, but all things are going to work together for good. Do we say that as a single adult? Do we say, you know, uh, all things are going to work together for good. I'm on this journey. I'm not, I'm not consumed about my mate. I'm not really concerned about it. Uh, God has a purpose. He has a destiny. I'm on this, on the, I'm on this, uh, on this road going towards what he called me to do on this journey, and therefore I know it's going to work together for good. Can we say that as adults? 
singing. That's what we need to be able to set up. Can we set it as, as married adults to our singles, regardless of whether they've never been married before or whether they have been married before and now they find themselves in a single position? Can we say to them and can we really believe and stop really harassing them about their mate? And say, you know, all things are going to work together for good. Just, you know, you stay, stay, stay plugged in, pressing in to the journey that God has for you. You will, you're going to, you're going to ride there. Can we really say that? That's what we need to be able to say. We're talking about a family now. We're talking about the picture perfect family. We're talking about God's family. We're talking about now what, what it really is all about. Because I have three daughters who are single, and I know many of you have children who are adults who are single. Is that correct? Some of you do. And those of you who have smaller children, one day you're going to have children who are adults who are single. It's going to happen. At some time or another, it's going to happen. So what does God want for us? Let's keep reading. Verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So God says, I predestined those who I foreknew to be conformed to my image, the image of my son. So we're on a journey. What are we on a journey to do? To be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Is that, is that really confined to just single adults? No. Every single person in here is supposed to be on a journey to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Every single person, whether you're married or whether you're not. So we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. Then it says in in, in verse 30, and these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. So we were called and God justified us. We are born again. So Jesus died for our sins. We gave our life to Jesus Christ. Of course, he rose again for our justification. We're justified. And he doesn't leave it at that. The journey continues. What's the journey? Continuation. We are glorified. We're glorified. And it speaks of it as if it's in present tense. We're glorified. But we know, we're not, we know we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten our glorified body. We know we haven't, uh, or we're not in the presence of God here. We are done my good and faithful servant yet. But we know that it will happen. We're on a journey. We're on a journey. We're headed somewhere. And that's, the, that's good news. That's not bad news. That's good news. We are on a journey. So when 
when I gave my life to Christ, Christ, when you gave your life to Christ, and God says, I've now pronounced you justified. Now I'm, I'm on this journey to be glorified. Because I'm in the presence every single day of the word of God, the changing agent of God, because the word of God is, is powerful, sharpening in the two-edged sword. I'm on in, this, in, in, in this mirror looking at what God wants me to do because what I want to do is to be conformed to the same image that I am looking at. I want to be just like Jesus. That's what God has called us all to be, to look just like he is. It tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You can look at it if you want to. Um, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that we offer our bodies of living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable act of worship. And, and he says that be not conformed to the world, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we may know what that good and perfect, uh, and uh, perfect. Well, it really, it says reasonable, but it's not reasonable. It says well-pleasing will and perfect will of God. And what a good, well-pleasing and perfect will of God is. That's what He wants for us. And we we transform this mind by the Word of God. So God wants us on this journey, and He wants us ever in His presence. Being conformed. And he wants us, really, to be just like him. That's what he wants. He wants to be just like him. Now, we're on this journey. I call it a spiritual maturity journey. That's what a, a, a spiritual maturity journey. That's what I'm on, a spiritual maturity journey. Wow, okay. I want to be spiritual mature. That's what I'm trying to be. Having arrived, that's what I want to try to be. Spiritually mature. He said, well, okay. Uh, how does that work? That spiritual maturity thing. How does that really work? Well, let's look over in the Gospel of John. Let's look there. And let's look what it tells us in chapter 8, verse I think I want to go to 12. It's a, this is a marvelous verse. A marvelous verse. And it tells us here, that you can, you can memorize this now. This was a good, good memorization verse. Now Jesus was saying to them, of course, he was saying to them, so it's in red, it's Jesus talking, this is scripture memorization, I am, I know you can memorize that, the light of the world. I am, who's the I? The light of the world. That's what he's saying. Then he says something. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness. Now to me, that is a visual picture of what actually happened this morning. 
visual, visual. I don't know where you you live, uh, but I know where I live. The electricity went off, completely off. I don't know what time was. Uh, what time was it, Van? When the lights was off. Is the lights off? No. What time? Around five o'clock, something like that. Um, what was everybody else light off? What? I called the people and I said, I said, and they had a recording. We know that the electricity is off in Lynchburg and surrounding areas. I said, oh no. So I called Tim Lake Kroger. I said, hey, do y'all have electricity over there? Yeah. Oh, good. That means that we can have church. Praise God. And I said, what? Hey, if people can't take a shower, they might not come. You know? <laughs> if our lights off everywhere, you know, electricity off, you know? Uh-huh. So anyway, Minerva and I were praying. Hey, come on by seven o'clock. By the time it gets light, lights on. You know, you know. I think before seven, our electricity came back on. And I said, "Woohoo, yay!" But while it was dark, I was fumbling around. She said, "Get the flashlight. Get the flashlight." I had this little flashlight that, that the little children had on that Easter thing in here when they were trying to um, do the Easter thing in here. They had these little flashlights. I had one of these by my bed. Uh, nightstand, I was here knocking up. Couldn't find the thing. She said, where's the flashlight? She gets up, walks into the kitchen, gets the flash because we have a flashlight in the cabinet by the door so that if we come in at night and the, the electricity is off, we have a flashlight there. She got the flashlight, came back in. But by that time, I found the flashlight. You know, In the dark, you can't find nothing hardly. You hear what I'm saying? But as soon as I cut that light on, that flashlight, she had a flashlight, we could see. It says here, Jesus said, I am the light of Willie Taylor's house. When his light goes out, I am the light of the world. That's what he said. That means that the world must be. Oh, you got it. You're catching it. You're catching it. It must be that the world is in darkness. But we know that we are in the world, and it sure doesn't look dark in here. So he must not be talking in the natural. The world, in the world, it must be spiritual darkness. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is spiritual dark in this world but we are not in the spirit realm. We're in the natural, so we don't see the darkness, but it is dark. This is a dark world, spiritual dark. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he who, come on, follows me will walk in the light. So if you're following the light, you're going to be walking in light. Now, he changes over a little something here. Then he says, but will, in other words, he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light, capital L, of life. He didn't say now, you have light. 
He says you have the light of life, eternal life. If we follow Jesus, if we follow the light, we will not walk in darkness. But we will have the light of eternal life. That's what he's saying. Now, that's not a, uh, it's not some revelation to you, of course. You know that. But then God was sharing with me this. Looking in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Let's go there. Jesus, through his word, is saying something also to us. It's in red. So that means he's on a, he's teaching here. Matthew chapter 12, I mean Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He's teaching us here, Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are the gentles, blessed are those who walk, blessed are those, blessed are those. Then he says in verse 14, you are, oh, you are, he says, the light of the world. Now, he must not have known what he said over in John. What do you think? Because he says that I am the light of the world. Now he says, you are the light of the world. How can it be both? How can he be the light of the world? But he says, you are the light of the world. See, he's not here. He's going to the Father. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But also, we are seated in heavenly places too in Christ Jesus. But he says that I have left you here because just as the Father sent me, I was the light. I've gone to the Father. Now I send you. You're the light because you actually have light in you. Is that true? We have the Holy Spirit. Everyone who's born again has the Holy Spirit inside of them. The Holy Spirit is life. He is light. He is the way. He's the truth. He's life. Just like Jesus is, they are one. They are God in three persons. So we have the light of the world in us. It's like, it's like if we were transparent and we ate a flashlight and it was on and we were walking around. Well, we'll, we'll be the light, wouldn't we? I mean, it's here the light. Well, we're supposed to be, the Holy Spirit is supposed to be to move and flow through us and people are not supposed to be to tell the difference between us and the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has gifts whether it be love, joy, peace, he has fruit, he has gifts. And, and, and we know that it's supposed to be us too because Jesus says that when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. How can you say, how can you even say, show us the, the Father and it suffice us when I've been with you so long? Well, how can we say, well, 
I don't know where Jesus is. I know he's, he's somewhere. He's all around. I don't know where he is. We're supposed to say, if you have seen me, you have seen Jesus. He is the light of the world. We are the light of the world. See, now we are the ones who are walking around. We should be able to say, if you will, we should be able to say that, hey, I am the light of the world. Wherever you are, I am the light of this workplace. I am the light of this grocery store. I am the light in my family. I am the light. And you say, well, that, oh, man, that's blasphemy. That's what, the, that's what the Pharisees would say. No, you're saying what Christ said. Christ said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Well, either he's lying or you are the light of the world. So, therefore, you can say then, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of eternal life. Because we're supposed to lead them to Christ. Am I right or am I wrong? We're on a journey. That's why we have to be about the Lord's business. That's why it tells us uh, in Proverbs 2 Corinthians, 2 Timothy 2 4, is that, you know, uh, in, a, in a man who warreth, or it'll say in the New American Standard, is that in a soldier who's in active service, in active duty, he can't be entangled in affairs of his life. If you're in active duty in Afghanistan somewhere, you cannot be entangled with the affairs of the life. You are on duty, active duty. You're in war. You have to be about the business of whoever sent you to war. Is that correct? So single adults, you are on a journey towards spiritual maturity. And let's go to Hebrews. Let's finish up there. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 that tell us something very important there. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 5 starting in verse 11 concerning him who concerning him we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers who is he talking to? Is he talking to uh, the Pharisees, the, the scribes who know the law? Or he's talking to the church? He says that you ought to be teachers. You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have, have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who protects only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. He changes over from a natural example of little babes and, you know, they, they, they need milk uh, but solid food for those who are more mature. And he's saying now, uh, if you are partaker of only milk, you're not accustomed to the word of righteousness. And he changes over to the, to, to, to the word of God. He said, for he is an infant, 
God wants us to be on this journey of growing up. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to grow up in him. And you can't grow up in him unless you're doing the things that he has prescribed to grow up in him. He says, but solid food is for the mature, who because of practice, practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. God wants me practicing. He wants you practicing. He said, I want you on a journey, and I want you to practice righteousness. I want you to practice the word of God. I don't want you consumed with your mate and who's going to be and this and that. That's not, that's not somebody who's mature. You are on a journey. You're in a warfare. You can't afford to be doing that. I know you have need of these things. Doesn't God know we have need of things before we even ask, it says in Matthew? Yeah. He knows we have need of these things. He knows everything we have need of. So he's saying that, okay, let's grow up together. Let's grow up together. And he says, I want you on this journey. I want you to do some things. You remember when we were doing the, the series on detox, around the second message, we said that we want you to realize that you can cleanse yourself and or detox yourself because it said it in 2 Corinthians 7, 1 it says cleanse yourself from all defilement of the flesh and spirit and I said well, well how do you do that and I gave you seven ways that you can, you can cleanse yourself and when God says I want you to practice things you remember I gave you all some things that we, we need to practice detoxing one of those things I said uh, make sure you de- uh, detoxing the toxin, the toxin of um, division will, will that will that will wipe you out. You should always be detoxing divisiveness. Then I gave you another one. I said you want to you want to get rid of the toxin of unwholesome words or corrupt words, and the the Greek word would say. Rotten words. You remember that? Then I said, even though we were going to close it up, I said, well, let's start at the bottom of this thing. And I went to one other thing we need to detoxify ourselves of a toxin. That toxin was what? Rebellion. Rebellion. See, God says cleanse yourself. And so God wants us on this journey and he wants us practicing these things, practice wholesome words. Be around somebody that's going to hold you accountable for saying wholesome words. Be around somebody that's going to help you uh, to unify. Be around somebody that's going to help you, you know, to, to really uh, be obedient to the word of God and not be in rebellion to the word of God. Be in a... Be I ever wonder, hey, teach me what the Word says so I can go practice the Word. It is really, when I came to Christianity, a lot of people, they want to hear the latest, greatest thing. Going here to there. This meeting, that meeting. Want to hear the latest, greatest thing. And if, they, if, if you already heard it, well, I heard that before. 
You know, they want to hear something new. You know, it reminds you of the Bible, doesn't it? You know, the, you know, the, the ones in the Bible always want something that's new. Ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. It's said about some of the people. And God says, no, no, no. What I want you to do is practice the word of Almighty God that you already know. Practice it. Practice it. Because if you don't practice it, you're not, not going to become mature because you're not going to become skilled in the use of righteousness. You're not becoming you. So I, that's what I want to do. I want to practice. I want to practice the word of God. So uh, I want him ever cleansing me of areas that, oh, my goodness gracious, I see. I see that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I need to, I need to get this right. Because don't you know the Holy Spirit will do that? The Holy Spirit will point out to you some area that you need to straighten out in your life. And he might do it through another person. He might be through it through, a, through the word of God. He might be through it through a message. He might, I don't know how you do it. He might do it, do it through a bird. I don't know how you do it. He will get the word to you, and you will know that I'm not lining up with this. So that's something he's touching and say, okay, now let's practice it. Let's practice it. Let's practice it because we're on a journey towards maturity, and we're moving from one degree of sanctification to another de- degree of sanctification. I have not arrived, and I know that you, I hope you not arrived yet, because if, if any of us have arrived, there's no purpose for us. Right? The Holy Spirit has done his job. He might as well take us on home. Right? So we haven't arrived. So we need each other, don't we? Let's stand. Now next week, we're going to get to either the, fa- the husband in the marriage, the wife in the marriage, or the children in the family. We're doing four messages. The picture-perfect family. I don't know which one it is. I'm not trying to leave you hanging so you'll say, well, you don't want to tell me because... No, I don't know. But I know we're going to talk about, in one of these three messages coming up, the children, what God says about the children. Uh, And you need to hear that. Even if you don't have children, you need to know. Uh, Because you have to teach it. You're the light of the world. Come on. Also, we're going to talk about the the husband. Then we're going to talk about the the wife. So it's going to be, you say, well, I've heard that message before. You don't want to say that. Don't want to say that now. Because you might as well not read your Bible. Because once you read, read Matthew, you say, well, and you start reading Mark, you say, well, huh, I heard that before. Don't mean to read that. Right? Because Matthew said that. Then you get a Luke, you say, man, man, can't y'all hear something original? The whole Bible is over and over and over and over again. So we want to hear it. We want to hear the word of God. Not uh, just to be hearing. We want to be doers of the word of God. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.